0: Welcome everyone. Shalom. Welcome back to another episode of The Upper Room. Um, We've got an absolute belter lined up for you today. Um, A topic that has been a long time coming for many reasons. Uh, A topic that hasn't really been um, endeavoured to to pursue a a great depth so far in in all of our episodes. But we may have touched loosely on it in the past. Uh, Now... Uh, most of the time I welcome my, 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 my listeners to, to settle in and get comfortable And um, whilst that's still the case This subject itself may not necessarily be the most comfortable to listen to uh, for, for varying reasons And I completely understand that um, But with that I welcome that discomfort Because some things can be difficult to talk about And can be difficult to uh, explore um and as we get into this episode you'll understand why. It's with that I say this um from my heart that this is a subject that myself and my guest today will endeavour to discuss and talk about from the most sincerest of places. Um we will be going into some themes, some topics, some videos, some subjects that are frankly quite shocking and disturbing. Uh, and I'm not saying that for the sake of being uh, shocking or clickbait or anything of that nature. Um, it's literally, as the scriptures say, that we are to have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of the darkness, but to expose it. And and last week we touched briefly on how we're called to be like the world. And, and I said personally, in this age of uh, censorship and belittling of Biblical principles. I'd rather go out swinging than limping off quietly uh, in defeat. So, with that being said, uh, what we get into today is coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of the heart of what the gospel is. So we'll be gonna we're gonna be getting into some areas that are difficult to digest, that are difficult to to wrap your head around. But ultimately, it's a story of hope, of redemption, and the price that Yeshua paid on the cross to redeem this fallen world. Um, so I hope uh, that this comes across. Now, this is such a uh, a vast, deep topic, and I say this quite often, that um, it can be hard to convey all of the nuances and all of the areas within a subject within a limited time. But today I can assure you that we're going to do our best to cover some ground uh, with the hope of uh, informing Empowering, edifying, um, shining responsibility onto the body of Christ uh, in order to move forward uh, in a world that is 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 at times truly heinous. So, uh, with that being said, my guest today um, to say that I've got a vested interest in this individual would be the the biggest understatement at this point. Uh, this is an individual whom I love very dearly and have witnessed firsthand the depth of this subject uh, within the heart of this uh, beautiful woman, Uh, a subject that I've had to, um, not had to, but have grown to to understand and appreciate more through various different lenses because there are different perspectives on this, particularly from a biblical root. And um, it's been really genuinely a privilege to to witness the, the growth and development uh, of this uh, of this woman within this uh, area. So enough of the romantic sentiments. <laughs> Ellie, how are you doing? Shalom, welcome to the upper room. Oh, shucks. <laughs> Thank you
1: for that lovely intro. Um, yeah, it really is a sensitive topic and not one that we are going to take lightly. It's, of course, very polarised, even in the body. And I think we'd be surprised to know just how many church-going people are either pro-choice or are having abortion so it's definitely a topic that believers need to be discussing and um yeah it's been a long time coming we first discussed doing this in January I think.
0: Was it that far back?
1: Yeah that far back so I've procrastinated just a touch (laughs) but I'm really grateful that we get to do this and um I just hope and pray that we can do it justice.
0: Yeah I mean this this goes way back and um uh a subject that we've spoken like at length at in our personal lives like a lot, and it's yeah. become part of your testimony. It's become part of uh, a big part of our relationship, and so there is an element of um, you know quite often we can go into subjects uh, on this platform from an observational point of view, which can make it perhaps easier uh, to take an objective stance on on subjects, um, but that isn't necessarily the case. So. When you're actually putting your own personal uh, life on the public domain, that's not an easy thing to do, um, but it's something that we feel led to do because it is uh, such a, a deep topic. Now, there may be some linguistic gymnastics that we'll have to uh, to go with in order to dodge the algorithms, but um, we, we'll deal with that as we come to it. Um, and as I said, there, there are there are themes within this uh, which are difficult to, to take, but um, like I said, if we, if we approach this in the way that, that we feel led to do, we, we should do it justice. So with that being said, how, where do you want to start with this and, and, and you you lead the way in terms of what it is you want to convey in and around this area?
1: Yeah, so just before we kick it off, I do want to give a bit of a disclaimer to anyone who might stumble upon this video who has been closely affected by this um, either you've had an abortion, or you know someone who has, and your knee-jerk reaction might be offense to some of the things Darren and I talk about. But I just lovingly encourage you to please watch until the end, because, like Darren said, this is not a message of condemnation, but hopefully, a message of divine compassion, and that's what we want to get across. So please watch until the end.
0: Yeah, we're going to be going through some 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 big tropes some ups and downs in this and, and like we said this isn't about judgment this isn't about condemnation but this actually highlights the 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 gospel of the uh, the message of the gospel and I think you beautifully uh, said to me in the past about your heart for the uh the fact that the gospel is for everyone there isn't a sin that isn't uh, redeemable by by Christ and um we always have to bear that in mind because essentially and, and I'm sure we'll get into it we We're not dealing with individuals here. We are dealing with principalities and wickedness in high places. So we see through uh, a glass dimly. uh, This isn't about the individuals involved, although it does invoke an individual attitude uh, towards people. But with that being said, we we understand that there's a larger context to that. So, yeah, for a kickoff, where where do you want to start?
1: Yeah, so to kick it off, I thought we could just go to our modern beginnings where this starts. And I say modern beginnings because I think it would be fair to say that there's probably been a form of this throughout time. Right. Um, But to keep it in context, when it's been part of our legal system, when it's become legal globally, um, I think it all starts with feminism. And our sisters Kat and Bex did the podcast on feminism. Right. And abortion came up a couple of times in that podcast, and I think rightly so, because the rise of feminism, the rise of the career woman, the rise of promiscuity and the sexual revolution, the introduction of... Contraceptives and the laying down of more traditional values like waiting until marriage to have sex, it all paved the way for abortion as we see it today, which has truly reared its ugly head. It has gone so far beyond the safe but rare abortions that were sold to our grandparents or great grandparents, for example. And we'll get into some of the extremes that we're seeing today that unfortunately aren't so extreme. um, but it it has truly reared its ugly head. And I said this a few times and I'll keep saying it. I wish feminists everywhere would just rise up with righteous fury at the lies and manipulation that we've been sold on this topic. And feminism tells us that the more masculine you act, the more value you have. Um, But then you have this God-given gift that we've been given, our ability to bear children. Um, We have been chosen as the vessels that can bring new life into the world and that's reduced to nothing it's been reduced to less than nothing it's been reduced to disposable waste literally mm. and there are millions of women every year who are flushing their own flesh and blood down the toilet and it's pure evil
0: right and um, pure evil. with that uh, and again we'll, we'll get into it as, as we go further into the conversation we've got um i think for me for the dynamic that i've seen and uh, the perspective that I've hold held mostly is the um, biblical um, construct of of the nature of the history of child sacrifice. Which, when you look in the Old Testament, it's it's abundant. Um, uh, we'll, we'll get into the, that further. Um, but this is, uh, as Ellie said, this is something that is not new. Uh, there's nothing new under the sun, and these prin- principalities that are in operation today. Uh, that we'll discuss in the modern incarnation of goes back millennia like this goes back thousands of years and this is part of a, a bigger deeper spiritual war uh what we've been made to uh to, to to take part in essentially so um we'll get into the some of the more um maybe the biblical constructs of it uh as we go further in but i think as you said we're currently fighting against a, a modern version of this which has exactly. been around for for a long time so and um, from what I gather, you want to have a look at what maybe some of the individuals or the the, the organizations that.
1: Yes, that's uh, right. Um, because you can't really talk about feminism without talking about Margaret Sanger. Right. And to anyone who doesn't know, Margaret Sanger was the founder of Planned Parenthood, which is the largest abortion provider in America. And this woman was a complete piece of work, an absolute racist eugenicist and I had a really hard time whittling down um quotes of hers to share because you could just spend hours quoting off all of the heinous revolting things that she said so I've done my best to whittle it down to a few and I wanted to share this because it really summarizes what this woman thought who set up abortion clinics still to this day that are scattered across black communities poor communities it was strategic. And mm. she openly hated blacks, Jews, low IQ whites, large Christian families, the disabled. I'll um, oh, stop ranting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's hard not to. Yeah, hard that's not why we prefaced it by like, OK, we're talking about individuals, but there's something deeper. But we will focus on them because it's just like it's, it's heinous.
1: Yeah. So let me just um, say a couple of the her quotes apply a stern and rigid policy of sterilization and segregation to that grade of population whose progeny is tainted or whose inheritance is such that objectionable traits may be transmitted to offspring. These two words, birth control, sum up our whole philosophy. It means the release and cultivation of the better elements in our society and the gradual suppression, elimination and eventual extinction of defective stocks those human weeds which threaten the blooming of the finest flowers of American civilization. Every single case of inherited defect, every malformed child, every congenitally tainted human being brought into this world is of infinite importance to that poor individual, but it is of scarcely less importance to the rest of us and to all of our children who must pay in one way or another for these biological and racial mistakes. And the most merciful thing that a large family does is to kill one of its infant members.
0: <sighs> it's it's literally insane. Um, uh, I think off the bat, my initial reaction is like that is literally of an antichrist spirit. Um, Absolutely. When you have like my pro- like, so essentially you have eugenics at play. Now, when you put it in the uh, construct of Nazi Germany and, and, and Hitler, everyone's like, boo, here's evil.
1: Those doctors and scientists were shipped off to America. Right. And, and Margaret Sanger is of that same elitist ilk. Right. Um, eugenics was around long before she was on the scene. Um, but she is like the p- perfect personification of actually trying to um, play this out in real time, The uh, these this worldview that that all of the elites still have. Eugenics is alive and well. And um, the irony is not lost on us that Bill Gates' father, Bill Gates Senior, was on the same board of directors as Margaret Sanger. So eugenics is alive and well.
0: Right. And with that, I know that a lot of the Nazi playbook for that eugenics program was literally directly taken from her philosophies and and studies and her endeavours. Um, What's even more compelling is her relationships to uh, prominent Freemasons. Now, what's interesting, and again, this is a whole different topic, but the cross-pollination of the black civil rights movement and um, Margaret Sanger and uh, birth control rights, whatever you want to call it. She was uh, affiliated with uh, an individual, W.E. Du Bois, who was a prominent Prince Hall Freemason. Uh, leader of, of of civil rights movement, um, and and I- if you've watched this long enough, you know that uh, as soon as I smell a uh, Freemason, I'm I'm out of there. So there's there's very dubious, um, very uh, 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 dark ties to to the people that she was frequenting with. Um, yeah, a very very questionable character to to say the least.
1: Yeah, and these are the people that are running the show and still are running the show. The people with this frame of mind, they. Think of us as human weeds as defective stocks. We are at best useful idiots, right? And at worst useless eaters. Right. We're cattle to them. Yeah. So, abortion really is the greatest form of population control that we've ever seen.
0: Right. And the the difficult thing is because in some of the language in which they describe the intention, the intentionality of eugenics, it's because they want a, a strong people. They they don't want people suffering with certain ailments and afflictions and um, and diseases, which on paper sound good, but essentially when you don't have the context of biblical truth that underpins your philosophy, i.e. the understanding of the fallen nature of this world, uh, you then start to play God, you then start to advocate your own process of, of weeding out and controlling populations in the guise of what you seem to be morally right and uh superior in in whatever ways and that can be like h- horrendously racist and then as we've seen today it, it leads to uh, a form of genocide essentially which is uh which is absolutely like scandalous when it comes to yeah uh, screening genetic screening uh, uh the targeting of certain populations because of uh, a, a cultural um miscalculation like mm-hmm. it's 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 Absolutely uh, insane, but again, these people don't have—they uh, don't have Christ. They don't have a biblical exactly. like, worldview,
1: and we can see a real-time example of this with Iceland because Iceland has declared themselves the first country to have eradicated Down syndrome, and that's not because of medical advancements that they've managed to eradicate Down syndrome. It's because they are aborting one hundred percent of aborted of Down syndrome babies in the womb, so that we are seeing. That eugenics uh, framework at play—that is what is happening.
0: Which, again, on paper, in this kind of progressive new world, if you like, for a, for a country to procl- to proclaim something like that—that that would be seen as a uh, some sort of victory. And it's like, no, the the methods are, are actually uh, uh, horrendous. Iceland is a, a very—it's um, a compelling place because. Okay, how do I explain this without going too much down the, the pike? Uh, basically, there is a, a deep history within Iceland itself of deeply uh, pagan uh, practices, um, witchcraft, and I believe a lot of blood has been spilt on that, uh, on that island, like a lot of places, but we'll get into that a bit further on. Um, it's no strange uh, coincidence that many leading European countries... Uh, of the of the of the Western world are advocates for and supporters of one of the biggest like uh, heinous things to, to to take place. So yeah Exactly.
1: And it is totally unbiblical. Um, Margaret Sanger saying there the most merciful thing that a large family does is to kill one of its infant members. And then we see what Psalm one two seven verses three to five says Behold, children I heritage of Adonai, the fruit of the womb is a reward as arrows in the hand of a mighty man so are the children of one's youth and happy is the man whose quiver is full of them full of them
0: is <laughs> mm. um and again we can go we can get into the um we 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 can get into the um biblical application to why um why we hold on to 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 this uh to this um so um uh, so strongly because the scriptures are very clear when it comes to uh, either the, the 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 time of conception, um, the way the Lord holds life is a God of life, um, the where life begins, where the soul begins. Um, the scriptures are, are literally like chocker full of why you would hold this this position. But I think you 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 touched on it briefly at the start there that we've got a bit of a spectrum on our hands where. I think there are those of a a biblical pro-choice have just inherited this position because that's what's right. Oh, we're Christians, so we believe this. And then on the other side, you've got people who advocate for uh, pro-choice who are making these decisions unknowingly uh, and uninformed because they don't know the full picture. They're holding a position without holding the full picture. And then like uh, and just on the other side, they're holding the position without a full picture yeah um so uh yeah there there are there's so many biblical references to why we should hold this um uh, hold this position
1: yeah definitely um yeah it's clear that a lot of pro-choice people haven't established a well-informed opinion um uh but you do see it also on the pro-choice side like you were just saying there um I think a lot of people can by default, be pro-life because either they're of the faith and you, you you know that God creates life, therefore it's to be valued, and I respect that. That's a great thing. Um, and same, if you're pro-life, pro-life by default because you grew up that way and your family are pro-life, that's a beautiful thing. But I would ask these three questions to everyone across the board. Um, first of all, can you describe the step-by-step process of, an, of the various abortion procedures and what they entail? Uh, number two, can you describe the step-by-step development of an embryo, zygo, and fetus, and what develops at each stage? Um, number three, have you seen videos and photos of abortions through different gestations? And especially if you are passionately and zealously pro-choice, and your answer to any of those questions is no, then I'm sorry to say it, but you are a product of propaganda, and you have not established a well-informed opinion. Um, so I would encourage people on both sides of the spectrum to, to get the answers to those questions if you don't know, because if you are pro-life, it could stir you to want to get involved and want to actively speak out against what's going on because it is more horrific than you could possibly imagine.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, strange, um, it's a strange paradox there where the exposure to the reality of the situation is uh, applicable to both sides like you said, for those that are uh, are unaware. um, Because if you take it by a biblical essence, the judgment is of the church first, right? So it's our obligation to know and take responsibility for what it means to fight for for justice um, for those that are suffering persecution. That's that's a biblical duty of the saints. And then on the other side, uh, like you say, you've got individuals... Haven't had uh, revelation of of God, who are in darkness and are uh, making choices because they're making choices with the best of the information that they have. And then until they actually see the, the the fullness of of what it is that that's actually taking place, it's at that point they can then start to make a decision of like, oh wow, like because morals are intrinsically like encoded in everyone. Unless you're fully handed over to a reprobate state like, you know, you've always got a chance whether you've got Christ or not to say no, this is wrong and I I don't want to do that. So you're saying that it's very powerful for an individual to see the reality and have the, 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 the fullness of the information before making that decision.
1: Yeah, definitely. And especially considering just the scale of abortion, which I think in and of itself, people aren't really aware of just how big this is. Um, They haven't released recent statistics in the UK, um, but they did a few months ago release the statistics between January and June 2021. And it was 123,219 abortions. Um, And that's obviously a huge number. But I was trying to visualize what does that look like? Um, The O2 Arena in London um, houses 20,000. So that would be an O2 Arena of babies every single month in England and Wales alone. It's massive. And they estimate 73 million per year worldwide. So if you think about since it's been legalized around the world, 73 million per year, you you can't even picture that number. And something that must grieve our father so much it also is evident to the mercy and the restraint and the self-control that he has to withhold justice for what's happening um because he he doesn't will for anyone to perish but that all will come to the truth um so there are a few resources i would encourage people to take a look at um www.cbruk.com Dot org forward slash abortion reality forward slash um that does show a video of abortions through different gestations and photos of aborted babies not an easy watch i think the first handfuls of times i watched that video i sobbed it is really really difficult to watch but this is what is happening on average 800 plus times a day in the uk alone that is the reality of it um, and just that website in general, they've got a lot of good resources on there. They are a secular group that um, goes out and does holds educational displays across UK. Um, so that's if anyone wants to get involved, that's a great organization to look at. Um, the Center for Bio for Medical Progress, the Center for Medical Progress, they are the organization that released a lot of undercover investiga- investigative videos um, from Planned Parenthood and again not easy watches i would encourage you to watch human capital episode one which you can find on youtube um which is the trafficking of babies' body parts from abortion facilities and really really difficult to um come to grips with but this is the reality this is what is happening um also dr anthony levitino he's an ex-abortionist that has performed thousands of abortions and he is now a pro-life advocate and there's so many ex-abortionists that are now pro-life that you can find online and all of their testimonies are absolutely amazing. But Dr. Anthony Levatino in particular, um, he's, given, he's given testimonies in high courts about the abortion procedures, what they entail, the step-by-step of them. He's done animated videos which show you exactly what happens. Um, so, yeah, I would just encourage anyone on both sides of the issue to 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 see what it is um it does affect all of us personally because if you are a taxpayer in the UK it's the National Health Service we are contributing to what is happening Mm. sadly
0: um just to rewind slightly there you you touched on um you know likes of Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation and the, the literally the billions that have been funded towards uh, these programs which are always done under the guise of empowering women women and uh which can actually be deceptively um philanthropic uh should I say um what what for for the tin foil hat brigade brigaders out there, myself included, it's very easy to talk about things like population control and well they want to take the the population down because there's too many it's eight billion and there's too many and they'll they'll quote um these politicians and these world leaders um but I would say they it's actually already like being it's taking place like that is population control that is depopulation because these are all um these are all souls that were due to like come into the world Mm -hmm. um and yet by man's hand uh uh, and 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 through these principalities that, that, that's not come to fruition so mm-hmm. I think it's easy to watch a few YouTube videos and get um uh, angry uh, and, and feel like a lack of justice towards these individuals because they're trying to oh by agenda 2030 and they're doing this they're spraying the skies they're doing all this stuff but that it's already there and it's been taking place like at levels that um, when you look at it you go wow mm-hmm. um, so uh, what we'll what we'll try and do we'll get some links posted in the description uh, for these uh, for these places that we've um, uh, that we've been discussing. So if you do feel led, uh, please go check it out. Uh, and again, because the part of the duality of this um, is the uh, the conviction um, for the body of Christ to to stand up in a way that they may not realise that there's a responsibility to be done. Because as I said, we we've in, in inherited a, a view, a perspective, which we may not actually know the full extent of what it is. Mm. And then when you do, that's when you'll find like a a, a stirring in the spirit to 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 say, no, I, I do actually need to do more. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean I have to go on uh, marches, parades, and uh, by all means, if you're led to do that. But sharing le-
1: information to, sharing to information. your loved ones and. You know, you never know who you could send information to, and you're going to be the reason they don't go through of an abortion. You never know; it can be that simple. Just sharing the things that you find.
0: Right for the intercessors out there as well who do who do the work in their pl- prayer closet. It's like you you f- that's the most effective place that you can go to with this with this information is to take it to the Father, pray for mercy on 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 the land, uh, pray for mercy on the those, those that are. Uh, responsible for this and 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 so there are there are many different ways in which i believe the body can be inspired by this information and it's not necessarily just for the 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 sake of making you feel bad because you're not doing enough because again we we may not know the full picture and, and and again i hope that these this conversation and these links do inspire and lead you to 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 maybe um have these conversations and to to know your position because again we love apologetics as Christians, right? We love like going out on the battlefield and sharing it, whether it's in the workplace, in the streets. If you're an evangelist, but without knowing the information, you can you can easily fall fall apart. And uh, I'm sure you can attest to to what it's like to, to go out and and be informed and actually take it to to people in a way that's loving.
1: Yeah, and it, it is really powerful to just know why you believe what you believe right. and why you're convicted about what you're convicted about. Um, I, I know a lot of people who are pro-life and then when push comes to shove, just conversations with friends because they haven't looked into it and they don't know, they just get absolutely trodden on and it can be as simple as showing someone a video of abortion that just stops them in their tracks or, or um, just asking them the simple question, can you explain an abortion procedure? Mm. You know, when people were staunch pro choices and getting in your face and getting aggressive and just simply asking them can you describe an abortion procedure a lot of the time they can not so yeah it is powerful to to know why it is um that you believe what you
0: believe right that's it um so i believe we've got some things to take a look at um some videos maybe you want to share do you want to get into that now
1: Yeah, to to go on a bit of a lighter note, just (laughs) for a few uh, videos, Um, this is a really beautiful video and I think because you can support a pro-life position from purely secular arguments um, but to say life starts from conception, life starts from fertilization, um, for a lot of people just saying just saying that isn't going to cut it, but they've got a video um, where they saw under a microscope what happens when the sperm meets the egg right? and this burst of light that happens. Wow. And um, we know that at that moment of fertilization, everything about that individual is already decided. The genetic makeup is already decided. The hair color, the eye color, the gender, it's all there and set in place. So to see this video, it really brings home what a miracle that moment is. And yeah, hopefully if you haven't seen this before, then uh, you'll love it.
2: So this is the
3: documented moment of conception and the, the sperm enters the egg and there's this poof of light that comes off of it. Scientists are studying this and they're looking at it and they're like, okay, well, it looks like it's a release of zinc, a burst of zinc that comes off the egg and it creates this appearance. But any way you slice it, they can't explain away That light happens when life happens. Is that amazing? Light happens when life happens. In the beginning, God spoke, boom, life entered the earth, light happened. When God spoke you into being, light happened. Life came and light happened. Biblically, we equate light with life. Light and life go together. It is the nature of God. And so when we walk in light, we are walking in life.
0: Um, I'm literally uh, literally get uh, shivers uh, watching that
1: isn't it amazing and it makes me think of Jeremiah before I formed you I knew you Uh, before that even that moment God knows each and every one of us intimately but then there is that burst of light that happens in that moment and everything about our physical bodies is decided and it's just a beautiful amazing thing.
0: Yeah, and um, just anecdotally, it's like if you're looking from a biblical perspective in terms of the the argument, like of of when uh, life begins, and it can get incredibly intellectual. Like I've watched different debates, and it can be very overwhelming because of the the language and the the technical terms that are used. But you know, we're we're to approach the father like little children, and sometimes you do have to have that approach with these subjects and say, well, the Bible says god knew us before we're even here like all souls are his everything is preordained by him all life is in his hands so uh, don't be afraid to hold on to these um, really simple childlike truths when it comes to it because the word's really clear like there is a um, there is a plan for every individual soul and um, I think uh, I don't know if you want to touch on it now but the the premise of like the pure, innocent souls, those that lose children through various means, that when we talk about child sacrifice, when we talk about the worship of, of these sort of pagan idols and the things that take place, that these these children, they're all yars, like they're all, they're, they're not going anywhere but back to the father. If you yeah. want to just touch on Well, on I that. have
1: a really beautiful testimony, but I'll save it until the end. Okay,
0: yeah. right. Yeah, I've gone too far ahead. I'll <laughs> um, save
1: that. Um, yeah, you see the preciousness of life from that very first moment, and that preciousness just, it, it's there from the beginning. Um, next, we're going to show some videos of premature babies, and I have a, a great testimony of my little sister, Millie.
0: Shout out, Millie. Shout out, Millie. Go on, Millie.
1: <laughs> um, so I was pro-choice for many, many, many years, and the birth of my little sister, Millie, was probably a the first thing, like, a major seed that shifted my perspective a bit. She was born. I'll just I'll just put my mum on blast. She won't mind. But <laughs> um, go on, Saf. Sorry, Saf. She went to the hospital because she hadn't uh, been to the toilet in a few months, and when she got there, they told her that she was five months pregnant, and she gave birth. A she week did,
0: she had no idea. She had no right. idea,
1: and she gave birth a week later. So Millie came into the world kicking and fighting um, and they told us basically to say our goodbyes. They said there was no chance of her surviving and if she did, then she would be heavily disabled and she had a lot of people praying for her and she is about to turn nine years old and she is perfect, she's healthy. Um, But abortion in the UK is illegal for basically any reason until 24 weeks and she was born at 23 weeks. Wow. Wow. And she was obviously very poorly. She had lots of tubes coming out of her nose and taped to her face. And her little translucent hand was reaching up to her cheek and trying to pull at the tape because she was uncomfortable. These babies in the womb, they are feeling things. They are feeling pain. They're feeling discomfort. They're, they are humans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's no, there's no questioning it. Um, so yeah, seeing the resilience and the fight in our little Millie um, definitely started to shift my perspective. And um, we see the resilience of these little ones and the, the age that these babies are surviving is just getting younger and younger as technologies advance. Um, and we've got a video here of a 22-week baby. Uh, when I first watched this last week, I got really emotional <laughs> because you just see how precious and delicate and fragile this little baby is and it's really touching.
3: Do you know what? Do you want to switch sides with me? That might be easier for you. So you're not having to... His lines... So then just sort of cradle him Yep, right under his head. I'll just put his head in your hand. How's that? There you go. And then right under his bum. Let me get this line on the other side of your hand first. Really gently just up about two inches right there. Perfect. Mama's holding you. oh big Yay. boy. Yay. You're such a good boy.
2: We stretching.
3: So, trying to open those eyes, <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Say hi everybody. Yeah. yeah, you're doing
1: so good, big boy. So I'm gonna turn his head in a minute, but I you guys do want to stop it and I'll get you guys yeah. looking in at him? <laughs> <laughs> and you see, mom is scared to even put her hand under <laughs> baby's head because he's so fragile and precious these are the most vulnerable in society and we should be taking care of them we should be protecting them um there should be there should be a, a protection over little lives like that
0: yeah i i i don't i don't really have any words like this the first time i've watched that and it's um uh yeah i'm speechless uh in terms of just how small and precious uh life is and and there's so many things about like the faith the words and word ben we we say you know we serve a god of life and life is precious and all of these things and then when you see like the real tangible uh reality of that it's like and and you were saying that so that baby was what 22 weeks
1: 22 weeks and abortion in the uk for essentially any reason is up to 24 weeks and it can go beyond that up until basically birth, for you know, heavy um, medical issues relating to child or mother, but that can include cleft lip. So, you're talking beyond 24 weeks for cleft lip, right? Is one of those medical um, justifications. So, oh, it's crazy, it's crazy to think about. And the next video is actually a 21 week baby, just shy of 22 weeks.
2: it seem like a miracle? Oh, yeah. It's definitely a miracle.
3: I'm proud of him, because I don't think I could have went through what he went through. The family was given a, a, a 0% chance of survival for baby Richard. In typical Richard fashion, He does things his way. (laughs) We'll say over and over again that he surprised all of us at Children's Minnesota. You're not eating my fingers. No. We have all learned a ton from taking care of this baby. We knew deep down that he was going to keep going. To watch Richard grow and to watch him develop into this happy little amazing person, there's just no feeling like it.
2: Yeah, he's a handsome little man.
0: Are you bubbles? Yeah, I think um, it highlights the dangerous territory of when we have uh, people who have no moral standard, uh, at least that isn't ba- based on the Bible, which they can then start applying their reasons for, uh, as we said at the top of the show, for eugenics and, and for start clipping off life. in in a way because it doesn't meet their requirements um yeah it's 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 incredibly sobering um because it says in the bible we're not to repay evil with evil and um there may be uh situations and circumstances and, and this is such a standard attack from uh those that oppose uh life essentially where they can conjure up many numbers of uh Really difficult um, moral-based scenarios in terms of how life can come into the world, whether it's through uh, forced sexual situations, whether it's through um, yeah the, the 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 more difficult elements of the the human condition, and then that's used as a way to like justify um, the taking and removing of innocent life for again a, a, some kind of weirdly moral um, purpose, and it's like by what standard? by by what standard are you operating with mm. to justify because if we're going on that we can just start taking out whoever we want whoever we want because of they don't meet uh, they don't meet the the requirement of of um a certain uh philosophy and and again I'm not going to go into it but when you start looking at a transhumanistic uh future uh, and a utopian view for what human existence like this plays into that so well because we and i say we the human race starts playing god essentially and that's that's such yeah it's it's it's, it's incredibly dangerous uh area to be in mm. i think
1: it is and they call it reproductive rights but reproduction has already happened and i know there's there is a lot of nuance and there are really unfortunate tragic horrific situations that people find themselves in but reproduction has already happened and you can't just add trauma on top of trauma that's not going to solve anything you can't punish a human for the mistakes and sins of others and um yeah yeah it's um it's uh it's unfortunate um you see that it's really refreshing this um, exhortation of life, and they're all really um, they're they're all grateful for this miracle that's happened. And then you compare that to this culture of death that we're surrounded by, where life is just disregarded as waste. And we're going to see some more extremes now, which unfortunately aren't so extreme anymore. Um, and I've been recently on a educational display display in Liverpool and it was my first one in a a long time and I you hear about this conversation about abortion up until birth being legalized in various places and I still thought that that was more of an extreme position Um, but I spoke to handfuls of people and they all agreed that abortion should be legal up until birth and I was really shocked that that actually is becoming more of a normal perspective amongst just everyday average people and that's where this has gone to, when you disregard a whole population of people, when you dehumanise them, when you um, give them names that are dehumanising, that is what has happened, that's where it's taken us, so yeah, this is, um, these videos aren't very easy to watch, they're really, really difficult to watch, um, but I think it is important to see where we're at in society now.
0: Yeah, and that's part of the difficulty that we're wrestling with in terms of like this so-called age of information and the internet where a philosophy and uh, a programming essentially can be rolled out at such a concentrated and and quick time where we've got a generation of younger people who are uh, adopting these uh, philosophies and principles um, that that are absolutely terrible. Um, but because of the internet and, and the things that they're watched and influenced by, they can just adopt these principles and, and think that it's like completely normal, um, which is uh, yeah, quite a fr- frightening uh, prospect. So, again, that, that just uh, highlights the, um, the importance of what it means to, to be informed and to, to know how to know what we're fighting against, because, again, we're not uh, putting these videos or, or talking about this subject for, for the sake of glorification or, or shock value it's like you you need to know like what it is you're facing and, and some of the um, the dogmas and the, uh, the philosophies that are being perpetuated uh, towards our youth primarily because that's how you change uh, yeah. legislation that's how you change a a nation is is attacking the youth that these young people are, are taking on these um, absolutely heinous uh, principles yeah. Uh, Right. Let's have a look. So, uh, just a heads up. um, We'll see if we can get Mark to edit out the language, but this does contain strong language. Um,
1: Perhaps just let all the videos roll, and then we can comment at the end.
3: What do you think?
0: Yeah, whatever, whatever you see, see fit. Yeah.
3: What you're about to see is a TikToker fantasizing about throwing an abortion party, and quite frankly, it makes me sick to my stomach.
2: Straight up, though, if I ever have to have an abortion, you bet I'm gonna have a party. I'm like gonna have like. Cupcakes with like aborted fetuses drawn on them, lots of snacks, lots. I'm gonna come up with some sort of cocktail and call it the aborted fetus. And me and all of my friends are just gonna hang out, eat a bunch of yummy dead fetus themed food, get drunk, and have a great old time.
3: It is such a delight to be here. I'll tell you, what,
0: before, actually, before we get, uh, uh, just to make a distinction. Uh, between before I lose the thought basically um I find in when I watch these individuals there's a massive element of trolling there's mm-hmm. a there's an element of uh provocation mm-hmm. there's there's an element where like if people really knew satan they they would not be proclaiming satanic uh philosophies and principles if you really knew the depth of what the demonic is in reality you would be running to to God so fast. And I see this element with a lot of these individuals where they're they're, they're pushing these buttons, they're trolling, they're inheriting these these principles and repeating and regurgitating demonic doctrines without really knowing what they're dealing with. So that's part of how I can soften my heart towards these individuals because if they really knew what they were dealing with, they would not be saying these things. But anyway...
3: Um. With you this morning, I want to thank Kathy and Tom and your reproductive justice uh, working group or committee that invited me to join you. And I want to share. Talking about abortion! Make them stop! Talking about abortion makes many people profoundly uncomfortable at dinner parties, in polite conversation with friends and family, and too often in church. Despite many people's profound discomfort with abortion, images, messaging, and moralizing about abortion are ubiquitous in our culture. Talking fetuses, aggressive bumper stickers, and saccharine billboards quoting scripture and invoking God's wrath. Pave our streets and plaster our highways. Politicians stump on the issue, and state legislatures spent the last 50 years working to control, regulate, and ultimately overturn Roe v. Wade. Their success was our failure. In the abortion imaginary, all people of faith are against abortion. This imaginary has colonized our minds, traumatizing many people with its toxic theology and shaping a culture of stigma and shame that has silenced millions of women and people who have had abortions erasing their voices, their stories, and their witness from the public sphere. As a child of God, I can certainly appreciate the lyrical beauty of this text, as well as the descriptions in Jeremiah and Job of their certain knowledge that God was with them in the womb. I too feel that I am known by God in these ways. As a woman who has borne two children, I can affirm that I felt something sacred happening in my gestating body during those pregnancies. I can also attest that I felt God's presence with me as I made the decision to end two pregnancies. And I felt no guilt, no shame, no sin. While the liminal space of my womb and all fertile wombs represents the possibility of creating new life, if pregnancy and gestation are to remain holy mysteries, they require cooperation. A forced pregnancy or birth is not holy i cannot fathom a god who would imagine otherwise it is such a delight to be
0: here. Where, where do you want to start <laughs> like literally
3: yeah it's hard
1: to have the word to
3: that one
0: uh what you said you want my reaction to that or like what would because yeah. right, let, let's let's do, off the bat that like <laughs> she she doesn't need to say a word and I'm already out of the building. Mm. A I I'm personally hesitant when it comes to some form of holy uniform. <laughs> like I'm already like twitching in my seat. Yeah. But then when you see the uh, the the scarf with the the plan, Planned Parenthood logo on it, it's like that's like that that's literally a red flag wrapped around her head. It's literally a red flag. So um, and that's without. Um, going into what she was discussing, now my first thought is literally like Satan uses the word in order to do his deed.
1: It's it's another level of absurdity when you do it under God's banner, right? Say stuff like that. That that's beyond ignorance. Uh, you know, how dare you use scripture to try and justify? Right, it, it's horrendous. It's horrible.
0: Right, and as we said, the judgment first comes to the church. And I, I think we, I'll, I'll perhaps get into this towards the end when we talk about the uh, the mixture of Israel, the church, and the temples of Baal. Um, like, this is an incarnation of that. So when you have those that are advocating for this practice, um, whilst under the banner of Jesus, like it's uh that's when again we have a right and a duty to actually say nah like that's enough's enough like not not on my watch basically but um yeah if that doesn't um offend you if that doesn't uh spark a a righteous uh, anger then I I don't know I I don't know where you're at but I, I watch things like that and I'm just like I can I can almost expect certain things to come from the world. Like, I, I understand, like, why they do, and ins- but when it comes under the guise of of the church, like, that's just, that's insane.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, shall we watch that s- last video?
0: Is there still one more? There's one more. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Forgive me. All right, let's have a look. I thought that was the, the cherry on the icing of the take, uh, cake. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is, right, so this one, we've had... Uh, previously, oh, I think I did it. I think this might have been one of the first uh, after hours. Um, again, when I refer to this element of trolling, like I you'll mean, see. Look it. at
1: the badge on his uh, laser <laughs> though. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Shout out um, the Illuminati crew. But it's, um, I don't know if, I, do I want to go full screen? Because this is just like, yeah, go on then. <laughs>
2: Um
0: yeah, let's just play it out. But we, there are some of you that might be familiar with this already.
2: Be the first trans woman to have a successful uterus transplant, ovaries and eggs included, and I want to be the first trans woman to have an abortion. I will let a doctor who has successfully transplanted a uterine complex before cut the organs out of a willing, healthy transmasculine donor place them in my body i will devote myself heart and soul to their aftercare i will have as much gay sex as it takes with as many trans women as it takes and let the transphobes and homophobes scratch their heads wondering what to make of it and I want to be the first trans woman to have an abortion. All
0: right. Um, yeah, what, what are you saying about that then? Because uh...
1: Yeah, just talk about inversion. Uh, women are being discouraged from bearing children, and then you have men who are Saying that they are going to implant fake wombs and impregnate those fake wombs and then purposely abort children. It's it, talk about inversion, it is, it is so disgusting, isn't it?
0: It's a sickness, it's, yeah. a, it's an absolute sickness, and it's from the pits of hell like literally, that is the doctrine of demons like manifesting in real time. Um, and again, like genetic splicing. And the uh, tinkering of of the human form is is not new. This has been uh, we can go back to ancient Babylon, Egypt. Like this, this is just the the newest cantation of that. Um, but as I said, there's an element of trolling there. There's an element of not fully understanding what it is um, uh, that they're actually saying. Yeah. However, this this is where we're at now.
1: It is. And my knee-jerk reaction to videos like that, and and hearing things like that, is just fury but um, I've been reminded that these people are not beyond redemption and they are sick they need a physician and um, they don't even realize how enslaved they are to the evil one they don't even realize how in bondage they are so even if it's hard we have to pray for these people and I was um, reminded that such were some of you and 1 Corinthians 6 to 11, and such were some of you, but you were washed and you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, and by the Ruach of our God. So I, I can't condemn these people because I have my own history. I've had three abortions and we're going to hopefully link my testimonies. Um, so I won't get too into them, but if you want to hear my story at length, Um, You can go and watch those. So I'll keep it short. I had three abortions between the ages of 16 and 22 and was already on a very destructive path. But um, a year after that final abortion, I bought a Bible. Long story short, I bought a Bible and it was Psalm 139 that pierced my stony heart and changed the trajectory of my entire life. Um, So from verse 13 you have created my conscience you knit me together in my mother's womb I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place when I was woven together in the depths of the earth your eyes saw me saw my unformed body and all my days were written in your book and ordained for me before one of them came to be and yeah that changed my whole life um, and you can hear about that in the testimonies, but it has been a journey since then of of forgiving myself really and, and dealing with the fact that I've done this because I came to faith, I repented, I came to Yeshua, my life was transformed for the better. But then I had to look at abortion and, and find those resources that we quoted earlier and I had to realise, I've done this. Mm. How can you wrap your head around that? Mm. Um, so it's been a journey, but... God is so faithful and the last several months in particular he's done so much and he has he's he's done so much I can't even put it into short words um, and there is a little testimony that I want to share that I wasn't able to share in that video um, because it's happened since then but basically I had been praying and asking the father to um, reveal reveal my children in a dream to me or Um, just show me them by whatever means so I can know their gender and I could name them and I wanted to name them and hold memorials and God was quiet and I heard nothing and then I thought well I'm just going to pick Hebrew names and words that have relevance and I'm just going to go from there so and I said father unless you tell me otherwise this is what I'm going to go for so I picked them and I did the memorials and I got baptized and so much happened and I had a lot of closure but that was always going to be a question in the back of my mind, was I picked two boys' names and a girls' name, but I'll never know for sure. And that was always going to be a question mark. And then at Sukkot this year, um, one evening I was just sat on the end of a bench, and a brother of ours came, and I think I guess I was just the first woman that he saw, so he said, um, our sister Faith wants to go back to our tent. I think it would be more appropriate if a woman went with her, so can you go? And so I went and went to her tent and Faith said, it's amazing that you're the one who came because I have something to give you. And she said, I I feel a bit awkward because I don't know you that well, but I felt led to make this. And um, she had made me this beautiful clay model with her hands and it was me holding a baby and two little ones reaching up and <laughs> it's the most precious gift I've ever received. And yeah, I had a good, good cry and we had a special moment. And then we started walking back. And she said, How did you decide what to name your children? Um, did you decide on gender neutral names? So I told her what I just said then and started telling her the names. And she just looked at me and said, Two boys and a girl. Mm. And I said, Yes. And she said, Was the last one a girl? I said yes, and she said that was exactly what I saw when I was making the (laughs) mould. We just grabbed each other, and I was guttural sobbing, Um, and that was the final piece of the puzzle, and it's just really brought home the goodness and the compassion of our God, because not only when I repented on my bedroom floor summer of 2018 did he welcome me with open arms, and totally transform my life and remove my sins as far from east as from the west. Mm. And it says in the scriptures that when one sinner repents, the heavens rejoice. So not only did the heavens rejoice um, over these five years, (laughs) the amount of blessing and breakthrough and everything he's done in my life, not only did he do that, but he's been so invested in every little detail in my (laughs) processing this and forgiving myself And it is such a compassionate and kind God that we serve. And that compassion is extended to everyone. It is extended to all those women in those videos we've just watched. It's been extended to me time and time and time again. And it is extended to anyone that's listening today. So I would encourage any woman that has been affected by this themselves, call out to God. And he might not answer the way that you want or the way you expect, but he will answer because he is listening and he's so great
0: um i love that and uh, i can personally attest to to being a witness to to so many um uh yeah miracles essentially um and some amazing testimonies over the last um 10 months uh, in and around this area and just just to highlight that um as you mentioned there that we we come to faith we we receive our salvation um, but repentance isn't, it, it's a long, it can be a long, um, a long, uh, process in our sanctification. Um, what, what, what would you say to those who, um, to those women that are in the faith who have, um, a history in this area who may have made these decisions in the past, who are actually still suffering with traumas and memories and, um, the results of of what these uh, decisions are, uh, particularly prior to to coming to the faith, because essentially we're all still picking up the pieces of of our of us of our past and our sin, um, uh, even though we we are still uh, walking in the faith. What would you say to those? Because I know, like I didn't realize that there are resources, there are yeah. um, institutions out there that are doing a lot of work. Um, in and around this area to bring healing and to bring, because yep. uh, uh, as you said, there's you think that there are certain elements that might be finished with, but they're not actually they're they're unresolved. And then there are ways, because again, to give some context to to Ellie's story when she talks about the naming of uh, her children and uh, things of that nature, that might be new to some people, and um, that's a byproduct of of some of the, the the processes and availabilities out there to help women. Uh, in this area which people may not know actually exists.
1: yeah there's so many resources and there's people that have made it their life's work to support women like you and i so um i will leave my email if anyone does want to reach out and i can get you in touch with people who have made this their life's work i myself went to a retreat in may i want to say of this year which was so transformative um and there's so many different things like that out there so i can get you in touch with people that can help if i can't help you myself and i would say if you haven't named your children i know it's a big step but do it write them letters hold a memorial give them that respect and that honor and i think you will have a lot of closure from that um also there is a little testimony that i heard just the other day which gave me goosebumps when i heard it um Is this lady, and she's had five children, um, but she's also had upwards of eight miscarriages. Right. And she just got to a point where she was just at her wits' end, and she said, why, God, why are you even letting me conceive to just lose them again and again and again? Every time I'm making plans for the future, I'm envisioning my life with these babies, and then it's not coming to pass. Why are you letting this happen? And she said that she had the revelation that, she has still been fruitful and multiplied, but she has multiplied unto the kingdom, and <laughs> that is that is massive. To to look at these things with a kingdom perspective and not an earthly perspective, it's hard. But to any woman out there who has conceived and whatever happened, abortion or miscarriage, your children are not here anymore. You have still been fruitful and multiplied, but you have multiplied unto the kingdom, and in. When David loses his son, they say, why aren't you mourning for your dead son? And he says, I can go to him, but he cannot come to me. So there is a hint there that we will see them again, but we will see them when there's no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain. Um, the the old is done away. <laughs> and There is joy in that. You can take heart in that. And you, can, you can be encouraged by that, that this isn't the end and we will see them again.
0: I love that. Hallelujah. Um, now to touch on uh as we mentioned at the the top of the show and again i'm just gonna this is for what it's worth this is my insight and my opinion on the overall um spiritual backdrop to what we're dealing with today um now our audience is obviously predominantly torah observant you know we got those that are, are zealous for the word for the fullness of the scroll that we've done away with the pagan practices. Uh, The the church of inherited, we're treading the ancient paths, as it were, and doing our best to, to live our lives according to the covenant that was given to Abraham and that was repeated in Jeremiah when Yeshua gives us the renewed covenant. So we know and we understand the principle of what it means to come out of Babylon, right? And my challenge and my question to those who are in the Torah observant community is... Is your zealousness for ridding the pagan idolatry and the practices that go with it just limited to the feasts? Or are we looking fully at the history of Israel and seeing the repetition of the idolatry uh, that Israel fell into? Now, what I mean specifically is uh, for those that are familiar um, with uh, with the Torah, obviously, I don't think there's any coincidence in Leviticus eight, 18 it talks about uh, staying away from sexual immorality and in Leviticus 19 it talks about abstaining from the work of idolatry. Now my challenge is that we can be zealous for ridding the, the the practices of of, uh, of the idolatry that I- Israel fell into. And when I say idolatry I mean like literally they were falling into the passing children into the fire sketch of child sacrifice, there are scriptures that back this up where they were partaken in the, in these practices now with that being said there are those that would advocate that likening um, uh, abortion to child sacrifice to Molech is uh, it's not quite the same thing because those who were sacrificing to Molech were knowingly doing it and the, the majority of those that are participating in abortion may not know that but I'm directing this towards the the, the body so we're we're we a different uh, we have a different accountability so if we look historically let's say for example the tribe of Dan Dan fell the hardest after um Joshua um was no longer leader of Israel and and, and Israel fell into deep idolatry particularly the tribe of Dan now, this is this is very much anecdotal in terms of uh, the conjecture historically of the migration of Israel, uh, particularly of the tribe of Dan, and I, I think it's interesting that throughout the history of the migration, particularly of the tribe of Dan, throughout Europe, throughout America, uh, throughout Scandinavia, that the large proponents of this practice come from the leading European powers, right? So this is my challenge. When we went on to the we went to the pro life march. Uh, when was in that? In
1: London in August.
0: In London in August, it it was heavy Catholic. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna Catholics
1: lie. Catholics are absolutely smashing this movement. The
0: Catholics are all yes. over that. Now, um, your sister uh, Chloe actually gave a good insight in terms of the why that might be because of the veneration of the Virgin Mary and the sanctity yep. of a womb, which in the right biblical context is is correct. However, we know about the pitfalls of Catholicism. So with that being said, my call is to those in the Torah observant movement, are you as zealous to rid the pagan practices of Canaan in this context as you are for the feast and everything else? Like, are you willing to actually, like, do your research, arm up and start fighting a fight that we might actually be sleeping on, all right? And, and, And... Again, this is something that I'm coming to realise myself. Where it's it's one thing to be observational, it's one thing to talk about it, but what are we doing? What are we doing <laughs> as 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 a body? Um, there are many that advocate that it's not just about reading the Torah; it's about doing the Torah. And we need to do the Torah. We need to be light in the world. We need to be salt on the earth. That the word of God is a two-edged sword, sharper, sharp enough to cut through. Bone and marrow, right? So that's my challenge. Uh, if you're led, if you proclaim Israel, if you proclaim to be engrafted in to the covenantal relationship with Yahovah, and you want to do what His ways, then that's my challenge. Have you fallen into that same idolatry? Do you need to repent? Are you uh, aware of these things and aren't uh, and aren't doing anything about it? So. That's just from some food for thought. Again, I'm not judging, I'm not condemning, but the, the aim of this is to bring some light into an area which you may or may not know too much about. Uh, uh, and again, if there's anything about in and around what I've just said, please reach out, ask some questions, uh, throw it our way, because we'd be glad to hear of it. But um, that's my two cents. There is there is a definite we can we can have a a, a problem with uh Molech worship when alex jones is talking about it on Infowars, and we're watching the videos but like the reality is like it's here and mm. it's taking place what are we going to do about it mm. um with that being said is there anything else that you've got that you want to bring to the table before we wrap up
1: no that's a great note to end on and i couldn't have said it better myself
0: right okay well honestly thank you ellie for for coming on and sharing that um it's not an easy thing to do um <laughs> Again, it's a hope that uh, this uh, hope, uh, hopefully edifies you and encourages you. It says in the word of God that uh, the, the blood of the lamb and the power of the testimony is what we use to overcome the enemy. So, Ellie, I thank you for your testimony. I thank you for your boldness and your, your courage to, uh, to come on here and share that. Uh, again, if there's anything that we've discussed and talked about that you uh, agree with, disagree with, uh, I think we should elaborate further on. Uh, then by all means get in contact with us either via the email or in the comments section. We're going to post all the links in the description with regards to what we uh, discussed today. Uh, feel free to reach out to Ellie if there's anything that uh, we've touched on that you, you would like some help and support on. Um, and with that being said, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you taking the time to, to come along and listen. Um, we pray that this reaches you and yours well. Uh, from our house to yours shalom we love you god bless
1: thank you